Vamos. Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we're here to bring you Minute number 52. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty great, man. I'm feeling really well. Feeling really well here on a a Wednesday, uh, getting into Minute number 52. This Uh, is one of the funnier moments in the movie. I would say the rest uh, of the week here is probably the funniest moments of the movie. I think so, too. Three funniest minutes. Because we've, we've... been following all these other characters and we've had this little side character who occasionally it's like a character out of a sitcom Lewis and mm-hmm. he'll just like pop out of his apartment and that's all we ever see of him and presumably that's the only place we're ever going to see him we don't know that he's about to become one of the most pivotal parts of this whole movie right and uh so whenever we go from Dana being like abducted and pulled into the other dimension and all this horrible stuff we immediately cut to his party his uh fourth anniversary party as an accountant and um, I don't know, the movie just takes a really uh, unpredicted turn here, and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's a little bit more slapsticky than some of the other stuff. I mean, I guess minute number 52 we're going to talk about here for a second. This is actually the drier of the three minutes that we're going to be reviewing yeah. in the Lewis Tully-Vince Clortho uh, trilogy, or the Vince Clortho-Lewis Tully cycle, if you will. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, if you're ready, uh, I'm ready. We can go ahead and get into minute number 52. Let's do it. Okay. Now, in the previous minute, we witnessed Dana Barrett being restrained by demonic hands and then abducted by Zool in terror dog, terror dog form. At minute 52, we see Dana Barrett's kitchen door slam shut after she is pulled into it by an unseen force. At 52.04, we cut to another sweeping shot of the altar of Gozer atop the Evo Shandor building. Both concrete statues have been shattered, and the demonic beasts beneath have been unleashed. At 52.15, we cut to an interior shot of Louis Tully's apartment, where a raging party is taking place. Lewis is busy cleaning out a glass bowl when a woman walks up to him and asks if, if he has any Excedrin or extra strength Tylenol. Lewis responds that all he has is acetylic acid generic. Lewis brags that he can get 600 of the generic type for the same price as 300 of the name brand. He says that makes good financial sense and that it's good advice. At 52.30, Lewis brags that he is serving real smoked salmon from Nova Scotia, Canada at $24.95 a pound, but that it only costs him $14.12 after tax because he's throwing this party as a promotional expense, having only invited clients instead of friends. At 52.32, party guest are dipping carrots in guacamole. I just thought that was weird. I saw it as the camera was panning by. I kind of want to try that, though. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be bad, but it's kind of strange. At 5241, Lewis asks a guy named Art if he is having a good time. The word, etc., is written on the wall behind the party guest. At 5243, Lewis walks by some guests and tells them to have some of the brie and that it's at room temperature. Lewis then asks someone off screen, oh, excuse me, off camera, if she thinks it's too warm for brie. At 40. Excuse me, 52.46, a beautiful tall blonde woman stands up, looks Lewis directly in the eye and says, Lewis, I'm going home. Lewis asks her not to leave to shed. At 52.53, Lewis tells her that maybe if they start dancing, other people may join in. She changes her mind and dances along with Lewis. As they are dancing, a doorbell rings. And thus ends minute number 52. So this minute is just like nonstop comedy. Yeah, and it's like one shot. It's one shot, and it's largely improvised, too. Yeah, you know, I had a, uh, I threw a party in high school. Mm-hmm. And it just blew up into this big thing. All these other kids were inviting their friends over. Like I didn't know, you know, three quarters of the people there. And I was just so nervous that I just uh, started doing the dishes. So I'm standing there in the middle of this party, people walking <laughs> through and everything. And here's the uh, the 
party host just like standing there doing the dishes. I was so nervous. That's just like naturally what I like went to do. Yeah. So I, don't know, I thought that was funny when I saw him uh, doing the same thing. I, I had done the same thing. I used to throw a lot of parties in college and sometimes I would get everybody over there and just be like, I, I kind of need to dip out of this for a minute. And it was kind of cool to have the party going on around you, but kind of remove yourself from it too. Just kind of like, Hey, look at all this action that's happening in my house. I feel like I have friends, which is kind of what Lewis is doing here. If these aren't friends that he invited to the yeah. party, it's a promotional stunt for his business. <laughs> and then he just goes over and says it to the guy and the guy's looking at him like i'm not a friend yeah I'm, like, not, I'm not your friend you didn't invite me here to, to try to chat with me that's 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 really messed up lewis but uh it, it's really funny this is some of rick moranis's funniest work is lewis tully and the fact that it was largely improvised is also very uh it, it speaks to his talents as an improvisational uh, excuse oh, me yeah. improv improvisational <laughs> comedic actor he's pretty great so yeah this is one long shot and it was mostly Improvised. Uh, the woman who asked him for the Tylenol is Patty Dworkin, and she was also in Heavy Metal, which Ivan Reitman had a part in, Airplane 2, the sequel, and Mr. Mom. Have you ever seen Heavy Metal? No, I haven't. Do you know what it is? Uh, a little bit. It's based on this British uh, kind of comic book magazine. It's like has these sci-fi or kind of like uh, fantasy type uh, comics in them, and they're usually like really dark, and they're... Uh, biggest feature is that they're usually about uh, heroines with giant boobs, so uh, it, it, she was, I think, did a voiceover in heavy metal. But if you ever have a chance to see the movie, it's pretty good. But it's like these like long, like droning on, like animated sequences of like pterodactyls flying or spaceships docking and stuff like that. And it's 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 almost like one of those movies that you don't really have to engage with. You can just sit back and experience it. It's just it's kind of cool to yeah, watch. I believe that's where Ivan Reitman and Michael Gross met up. I think so. So uh, anacetosilic acid is just a generic name for aspirin. That's just aspirin. So yeah, he's getting six hundred aspirin for. What I want to know is what is the wall decor that says etc. about? Yeah, it's what a, is that? His apartment. If you look on the walls behind him, uh, in the scene where Vince Clortho burst out of the uh, out of the bedroom door, there's like you know a picture of him holding his degree, his yeah, CPA, I saw that. and then you know he has his degree on the wall, and there's like a random painting. And other than that, it's just a lot of like weird like random paintings that he probably got you know for a really cheap price. And to him, the value is that's true. The yeah. price. It's not so much like the content of the art. Like you see Dana Barrett's uh, apartment in from the 1980s. It's, it's sophisticated. You know, she's got that like that model hand in the corner because she's an artist you know she probably paints or something like that as well uh but for him it's just kind of like <laughs> you probably got the letters etc yeah. on sale for somewhere for like 35 cents he's like hey that's a good deal i need to put that up even though it doesn't fit anything else that's going on in his apartment. i wonder how much he saved on that jfk bust right under his uh degree and the picture of him holding the degree i wonder where that prop is i would love to have yeah. that so um the market price on smoked Nova Scotia salmon in this movie is twenty four ninety five a pound. You want to take a guess as what it is right now? What's that? The market price for Nova Scotia smoked salmon is thirty four ninety nine a pound. So oh. since the movie came out, it increased in price by about ten dollars. So that's not I don't know. Is that a whole lot for the price of smoked salmon? I, I really don't know. Well, I, I you know uh, I don't think Nova Scotia is really like one of those places that they're overfishing. Either there's several spots in the ocean that uh, we have a problem with overfishing, like the fish populations being depleted because they're being fished too heavily. I don't think Nova Scotia is around that area, but huh. I do love smoked salmon, and I think I would pay $34.99 a pound for it. So the blonde woman that stands up is uh, Jean Casey. Yeah, yeah, excuse me, Jean Kasem, correct, That's uh, right. who is uh, Casey Kasem's wife. And it's cool because Casey Kasem uh, had a cameo in this movie himself already during the montage. She's the voice that comes on and talks about the uh, the club The Rose. This I is think. Casey Kasem. Yeah. Uh, and she's like totally into Lewis. 
Yeah. I'm leaving. That was what I always what read hell? into this scene. It's never explicitly awesome. stated, but it seems to me like she says, I'm leaving because he's not paying any attention to her. You know, the whole time he's wanting to get Dara, Dana Barrett to come in there, and he has this bombshell who's this tall Amazonian bombshell that's just like, Lewis, you know, I, I gave you a chance. I came over here, you know, I did my hair up and put my makeup on, and you're just not paying attention to me, so I'm leaving. And she even, he even gets a second chance when he just tells her, come on, let's try and dance. And she's like... Okay, Lewis. Yeah, we'll do that. So, Lewis is a hell of a liquor collection. Did you see that on his yeah, bar? As I did. He's walking behind. Yeah. yeah, it's it's on the on the back wall. He has a lot. Again, probably all off brand. Yeah. You know, yeah. like uh, Czech Republic liquors that he got I for sale. Somehow. One of them. I, I I couldn't quite make it out, but I'm pretty sure I, I noticed the uh, the logo. But um, it's also on one of those like portable bars. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it all—it's all very—it's all very 1980s. Also, it, it was really a nostalgia trip to see all this stuff, and you know, oh, see, yeah. like like the portable bar you were talking yeah. about. Everybody had that in their house. Like they just will it out whenever like guests would come over. Yeah, you know, the big like you know, um, gold-looking metal tongs. I'm sure to pull yeah. ice out of an ice bucket. Do you see his uh, egg beater? Yeah, like like lime green egg beater or whatever. Well, it's funny whenever he's washing out the bowl too. I thought that was the top of a um, a blender at first. The way he's holding it, it looks like you know one of those like plastic tops you put on a blender. And I thought he was making margaritas or something like that. Then I convinced myself it was an ashtray. He was like washing an ashtray out of his sink before I finally realized he puts like bell peppers in it or like green peppers Does he? and puts it that. right down it's either pickles bell peppers or green peppers and then he puts it right down next to the smoked salmon when he comes over and he's like telling everybody hey this is nova scotia yeah. smoked salmon out in the middle of a party on an odorous table let's go back to the beginning of the minute yeah um we see that uh the terror dogs are both now loose yes and you can't really... I think they could have done a little bit better job of showing that both of them were loose because you can't quite see where Vin's... You, you really have to look for yeah, Vin's Yeah, you have to look though. for it. Yeah, and, uh, but we did see Zool previously, so... But, you know, you also know that Zool was busting out because we've already seen yeah, Zool. Yeah, we've already seen that, but, you know, and so now we see that Zool is completely on the loose, but yeah. Vince Clortho is, like, still... Uh, it's all shattered and broken. He's on the loose, too, but it's like, you can't... You're not really looking for it. Maybe... Okay, if you had to direct this, how would you do this different? I would have probably brought the camera right up the middle over the altar and you see that both dogs are now loose. Okay. I think I would probably start on Zool's altar and show that it's cracked and then slowly pan over to the Vince Clortho one. Yeah, I can To see establish that. that we already had Zool break out and now we pan over, uh-oh, they're both gone. Or even just adjust the focus. You don't even have That's to move true. your camera. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You could have adjusted the focus. So yeah, I mean, I still like that sweeping camera shot, the way they have it on the crane that's coming through. It's like, it's kind of like earlier when it came up underneath the terror dogs and yeah. focused on Zool's eye coming out. Uh, so it's, it's a nice movement of the camera there. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. When when I was watching this, I was kind of like, "Why are we seeing that Zool busted out again? We already know that that happened." So, so the song that's playing in this in this during this uh, scene is Disco Inferno, which we have covered was not on the soundtrack, but was featured in the movie. That's right. Yeah, it uh, and it was attached to um, like a re-release of the soundtrack. Check this out. Have you ever heard of? Let me see. Uh, the Ghostbusters Supernatural Spectacular. No, what is that? Okay, it was like a novel of a novelization taken from the movie, where they threw in so much backstory, so much detailed backstory for every little element in the movie that it's it's hard to wrap your mind around. They go so in depth in this book uh, that they even talk about stitching. What kind of stitching Dana has in her pillowcase? They talk about the fact that Ray's parents died in a 747 plane crash and Egon told him that they were still alive in like the Bermuda Triangle and Ray and he had a falling out. So much stuff. What the hell? Yeah, I know. 
Anyway, one of the things that they talk about is the uh, Casey Kasem's, excuse me, Gene Kasem's character's name is Andrea, and I couldn't find anything else on it. But the the Ghostbusters Supernatural Spectacular, it was a novelization that maybe was taken from like other drafts of the script and written before the movie. The uh, Alice the Librarian is apparently like 29 in it and stuff. So weird. Go check out the Ghostbusters Wikia. You've got to check it out. No, I'm not screwing with you. No, I mean, uh, describe to the audience the face I'm making right now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Hand over your mouth. You're like 10 feet away from the mic. I'm like, what? You're kind of blowing my mind here. I I have to go read this. Go check it out. I was blown away, but I didn't have enough time to like, you know, I don't know, sit there and study it all. I had to get my notes ready. But uh, so that's a real thing. You think we can track this thing down and do a Patreon episode about it? I've got to. And the only picture I could get of like the cover of it was this like really worn uh, and kind of torn up um, cover for the book. I'm so down to do a Patreon if we can get our hands on this. It, it, yeah, okay. So that that's what we're going to do. We'll put a pin in that. Yeah. We'll do a Patreon in a couple of weeks if we can it's find a copy. So What's weird. it called again? The Ghostbusters Supernatural Spectacular. And this may be something that all Ghostbusters aficionados are aware of, and you and I are just now hearing about it. But I was blown away when I read yeah. all of that stuff. Oh, it was it's just a lot of shit. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Well, you have anything else for this minute? That's all I've got. I don't either. Uh, again, this minute is hilarious. It's really funny. Uh, it's jam packed with, as we had talked about in our Patreon episode over the weekend, the Ghostbusters, uh, the Ghostbusters ultimate visual history had uh, some really great notes on Rick Moranis and how he kind of created the character of Lewis Tully that he was kind of left alone and left to create that character on his own. And you yeah. can really see that he knew what he was doing with this character. He lived this character during this movie and it's it's I, I think his work here in this minute and then the next two minutes is just comedic brilliance and uh, you know um, yeah he's a great dude it's awesome. almost as good as his work in uh, Big Bully oh yeah Big Bully classic yeah yeah or you know Honey I Blew Up the Kid was a good one too so anyway well let's go ahead and wrap this up uh, we'll get on to minute number 53 tomorrow for Thursday come back and join us folks thank you so much for joining us today I'm Kyle I'm ready and we're here to remind you that death is but a door time a window we'll be back Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.